time for some overlooked stocks. George Tillis is going to hit some earnings with us and then a couple companies that went missed in today's action. All right, George, let's talk Lennar first. DR Horton kind of put a damper on the home builders by cutting their guidance earlier today. What do we see from Lennar and earnings? Well, uh, they had on earnings yet. yet oh, Not yet, George. What are you looking for? Announcement. Well, I think, uh, well, they've got to hit their revenue numbers, of course, OJ, but I think they're also going to have to hit their uh, their new orders number. They're expecting about 16,250 in new orders uh, for the quarter, but also backlog, 25,000, gross margins at 27%. They've got to hit all the metrics, OJ. I think the environment right now, market-wise for equities, is very challenging. So uh, this is what I'll be looking for. 24% top-line sales is what the expectations are with about 54% adjusted earnings growth. Again, that's two times sales. Uh, that's what we want to see. The stock seems to be stuck below the 108. So if they hit these numbers and break above 108, uh, that might show a continuation pattern higher. George, uh, that's a lot of growth expected uh, at, at a time where some of the peers in the sector are dialing back their expectations. All right, we'll keep our eyes on. We'll see if it comes back and uh, return to this. Uh, George, let's talk about Tascus which is one of your overlooked stocks. This is one that we have uh, talked about before, ticker T-A-S-K, and it just made a new intraday high, managed to jump 2%. It got dragged a little bit by the market, but still had a pretty great session. You know, there's something going on. There's uh, a lot of these IPOs that uh, went to the market recently. This is an, a case in point here. Uh, it IPO'd in June, last three months. We saw kind of a, a movement in a lot of these stocks, including some of the SPACs. So I think Task, uh, Taskus is basically one of these companies that has caught momentum, but it also has caught uh, the attention of some analysts. But again, price action, relatively speaking, has been rather robust, uh, up about 151% in the last three months. But interesting company, though, I will say that. It's a digital uh, outsource digital services company. They focus on digital customer experience. I guess experience now is the uh, is the uh, better word than service or customer service, but also focus on areas like content security and AI operations for particular companies and industry groups that are fast growing. And these are areas where industry groups like social media, e-commerce, gaming, streaming media, uh, food delivery, ride share. So for companies like uh, DoorDash and Uber, Task uh, provides outsourced IT and, of course, customer experience solution services to them, but also fintech. Fintech is still mm. hot right now in health tech or other areas. So interesting. They don't focus on uh, antiquated or old school industries uh, when it comes down to their uh, outsourced customer service and digital experience based uh, business and services. They really focus on high growth companies and industry groups that are in high growth areas. So. One of the things that, that happened, uh, I looked uh, in terms of some of the analyst upgrades or downgrades uh, back on the 14th, which was not too long ago, Bank of America actually downgraded the stock to neutral. They've got a price target of 65. Now, the stock's at 73. The consensus uh, target analysts have about $47 in terms of their price target. JP Morgan also, uh, in early September, put a $52 price target on the stock. Now, the stock is considerably moved past, uh, well past those uh, particular uh, measures or targets for the full year uh, that JP Morgan had, but also, like I said, quite a bit above the $47 consensus area of 
of uh, where Wall Street expects the stocks to be by the end of the year, they're, they're quite a bit above that. So I think this is a situation where we might see a little bit of profit taking after a nice move in the stock. Okay. So uh, this big jump seems to have some pretty good news flow behind it. Sounds like they're an integral uh, uh, service provider and tech provider for companies that uh, sound pretty tech heavy already, right? To hear that they're doing uh, some of this uh, outsourced tech for you know, companies that are very, uh, you know, like Uber, right? I mean, like uh, some of the names in here, George, you'd think they would do this on their own, but it's just too specific of, of tech building out Correct. a particular firewall or something like that. Yeah, that's the thing. If uh, if you can't do it in-house the right way, outsource it. And I think that's sure. the way a lot of these uh, these digital businesses are going. There's no there's no reason for them to insource services, you know, whether it's chat back and forth or even, you know, uh, getting credits back back for billing, if you will, but also to integrate AI operations. I think that's another thing that Task is uh, is very good at. The other thing is, is they they seem to be, from the standpoint of uh, how they're actually providing value to their customers. I did find that their revenue retention rate was over 100 percent, about 117 percent in 2020. What that means is, is they're actually able any any number over 100 percent in revenue retention means that the company is able to from its existing cohort or customers get more revenue out of them. So I think that's an important measure to go off of, not to mention that uh, for uh, at least through the first quarter of uh, 2021, for the full year, they have free cash flow about 66 million on revenue, about 550 million. The company's still not profitable. Gross margins still have quite a bit of uh, expansion, only 42%. It's an up and coming company with 49% top line sales growth as of March of 2021. And all of 2020, it was around 32%. So I'd keep an eye on this one, but maybe the analysts are starting to, to come in and adjust their price targets below the current price. That might be either based upon them potentially now, a lot of times these, uh, these investment banks will underwrite a secondary offering. That might be coming down the pipe. It's completely normal and, and to be expected. But I keep an eye on this one for sure. I think it's a very interesting company in a space that's uh, quickly growing. All right, cool, George. I like it. Good one. And a nice follow-up uh, on our conversation for Task Us, ticker Task, and a very literal name. Task them with the software uh, needs that, uh, that your company cannot do right now. George, another software company, Teradata. Uh, why is this one uh, on your list today, uh, George? Uh, where, where does this fit in? Well, interesting company. It's actually in the legacy uh, space information tech company. It's been around for quite some time. Uh, basically, it's a it's data analytics. Uh, it captures, integrates, and stores and analyzes data sets for decision, decision analytics and also business intelligence. It's been a public company since 2007. You know, in a tape like this, sometimes it pays to pay attention to some of the upgrades that are going on because analysts are always doing research. They're generating adjusted price targets based upon business transformations. And I think Teradata is actually quite interesting. Now it competes in the uh, information technology space with larger competitors, legacy companies like SAP and Oracle, IBM, and even Microsoft. And the company is up about 130% over last year. Now today, Morgan Stanley did upgrade the stock to overweight from equal weight. They have a price target of 65 from 55. And this is based upon a, uh, a three-year plan that the company has has initiated and is actually uh, seems to be doing very well in its integration for recurring revenue in cloud. And, and the analyst at Morgan Stanley sees about 70% 
of the uh, revenues now being recurring cloud-based revenues relative to about 30% over the last two years. So that's more than double recurring revenue from the cloud. And I think this is a three-year process of go-to-market uh, strategy that Teradata has actually deployed. And I think this is a, a call on 2022's outlook by Morgan Stanley. And again, uh, there had been so many companies, OJ, that made this, this shift from you know, on-premise to hybrid to cloud. Teradata just happened to have been one of these legacy names that had been lagging relative to, to its respective peers, so to speak. But overall, it's a pretty solid company with profitability around 9% top line sales, growth in the double digit, and uh, gross margins around 63% with mm. net around 9%. So it's one of these legacy, solid, good balance sheet, growth, uh, opportunistic uh, companies with a 2022 uh, outlook that is, uh, that is a lot better than some of its respective larger peers. It's got one of the weirder charts out there after that gap up after earnings in February and then a huge spike in the yeah. shares. Uh, it's been slowly, gradually climbing back towards that uh, technical record. And uh, on a closing basis, uh, did get there earlier this month. So a really interesting uh, chart, George, and an interesting company tied into some of the big names there that you had as uh, clients. Shares up 5% in this down market. Before I let you go, George, though, let's talk home builders real quick. The context for Lennar earnings, of course, is that DR Horton cut their outlook going forward. Lennar's average sales price is usually somewhere around $400,000. So a lot of that millennial first-time buyer. Uh, and the EPS misses estimates by a cent. The sales of 6.94 beat the 6.86 billion estimate. I'm not sure if a mature company like this is going to get a pass for missing that bottom line, George. What do you think? I, yeah, I don't think so. So if you look right away, and this is why, you know, if you were to ask me what's important, it's gross margin. In other words, how can they pass on cost of goods sold if there is uh, a challenge for companies to secure materials, which are expensive from all across the board, from drywall insulation to uh, to plumbing, and, and of course, finished finished products like tile and sinks for instance and they missed it's 26.2 the number that i had estimate from a consensus wall street was 27.3 so they're not going to get a pass for that uh we'll see if they adjust their uh, their margin expectations for the rest of fiscal 2021 but right now as we can see stock looks like it's down about four dollars in the after hours okay so there's the uh miss with the adjusted earnings on the bottom line and the margin is our inflation conversation and difficulty to build these yep. homes. Uh, so uh, gross margin uh, percent on home sales, 28. And the, the new orders, 15 and a half thousand almost they see next quarter. They say between 5.2 and 15.4 thousand deliveries for next quarter. Uh, or new orders, sorry, deliveries, 18,000. So new orders, 15,000, deliveries, 18,000. Uh, do these sound like numbers, George, that represent a slowdown or uh, more just a consistent pace uh, for demand? Well, I think uh, I think there is a slowdown. I think there's buyer fatigue, to be honest with you, OJ. When you're looking for a home um, and chasing prices, people just get worn out. And I think a lot of folks in the last six months or so are just postponing their purchases. And that might be uh, something that's happening from an economic standpoint, you know, all across the board. And I think that's going to be a challenge for the home builders going forward. I think prices will remain relatively stable just because there's an inventory shortage 
But I think sales volume uh, is going to be a challenge. And I think the net new orders uh, that uh, that was expected for Lennar was about 16,250, 16,250. So mm. it sounds like based on the numbers you gave, OJ, they missed that number. And I think there's just buyer fatigue, to be honest with you. It's not necessarily now an issue of can you build enough homes? I think the buyers have stepped back a little bit. You're right, George. Uh, they did fall short on that. For those analysts that did give expectations for new orders, it was closer to 16,000. So for the view for next quarter, not for the year, we're just talking quarterly here, Q4, 15.4 at the high end does fall short of where analysts were looking for at about 16.2. Uh, so uh, that definitely matters to your point. Uh, a gross margin also, though, was uh, good, as you mentioned, 28%. We'll see which metric uh, is most important right now. A little bit of a drop in the aftermarket. George, we got to go. Nice work, GT. We're over time. Thanks for sticking okay, with okay. us to explain Lennar earnings.